Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, Justin, when you think of a man, what do you think of? Shaolin showdown. <laughs> like, no, what do you think that a man should be like? You know, like when I think about a man, I think about, you know, like in Chinatown, they wear the orange robes and then they are like very pious, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, about... mm-hmm. They give up their like worldly possessions and they, they pray for others. Mm, pray for Harambe. <laughs> it's been many years, I think five years. <laughs> <laughs> Monks are supposed to be very sacrificial, right? They like specifically live in poverty. So when I see a monk, I know it's a bit stereotypical, but I always think that monks are generally good people. How about you? Same, same. Okay, but could you ever imagine that those Chinese orange robe wearing monks could be... A mass murderer. Oh my, tell me more. <laughs> Hi, I'm Teddy. And I'm Justin. Justin Pink Ling. <laughs> and welcome to A Briefcase. Today, we're covering the Thai case of Boon Ping, an alleged serial killer who murdered his victims, stuffed them into large iron chests, and threw them into canals around Bangkok. So, Boon Ping was born in 1890. So, that's a hella long time ago. Oh my, I thought this was like 1980. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he was born in 1890. And he was born in a remote village in Thailand. So, he wasn't ethnically Thai, okay? So, he was born to a Chinese father and a Laos mother. We don't know much about his family background. He must have been Laosy. <gasps> But given that it was very long ago, right? When he was around five, he moved from his remote village, which was lousy, (laughs) to Bangkok, alright? So I don't know whether it was like an abandonment case or like a better life case, but he ends up moving. And it's alleged that in Bangkok, he was basically raised, adopted by an elderly couple called Suk. And Pan or Pain, P A I N. And they basically raised him as like their grandson, okay? They weren't related, so he was basically adoptive grandson. So nothing too major happens, but when Boon is a teenager, he starts to stray, strays from the light. What did he do to stray? Alright, alright, let's start. He's handsome, he's charming. He's eloquent. So like all the traits that help guide you to success, right? And like all the aunties loved him. He was an auntie killer, alright? But but he was lazy as hell. He was hella chowking. And like for our listeners that don't know what chowking is, it means like 
Like he wanted to not work, like avoided work as much as possible. Okay, so what did he do instead of working? While his foster grandparents were working hard to provide him, he ended up studying black magic. Oh my, a wizard. <laughs> yeah, the same as all the 30 year old like me. You know? Oh no! Oh my god! <laughs> okay, and then after that, who did he learn black magic from, right? So he wanted to know how to take advantage of like superstitions, how to create love potions, and he didn't learn all of this by himself. He studied black magic from an undertaker that lived nearby. Okay, so I never really thought about this, but it makes sense given that. Like, they don't just embalm people, they prep the body for the funeral and any funeral rites and stuff. So it makes sense that, like, if anyone was gonna know black magic, it would be a undertaker. True, true, true. I think in the past, right, um, people took, like, black magic a lot more seriously. Because right now, if your kid came to you and was like, Daddy, I'm learning black magic, you'll be like... Uh, okay, come Which home. online game? <laughs> Which online game is Black Magic? But last time people used to take Black Magic like super seriously. So along the lines, his grandparents find out that he's like Black Magicking, right? And they get hella angry. So they kick him off the house because like last time Black Magic was a kick out of the houseable offense. Yeah. Mm. And the thing is they weren't kicking a teenager out you know guess how old he was when they kicked him out 18 no he was 20 oh very close yeah and he didn't know like what shit to do with himself all right because he's a shitty person (laughs) so he ends up moving to bang lampu in downtown bangkok oh Mm -hmm. i've never heard of that place before maybe it's name changed but this is what it was called in like the 18th 19th century okay yeah and he gets ordained as a Biku, which is essentially what like an ordained person is in the Buddhist community. So yeah, maybe it's like be good, you know. <laughs> Biku. The the direct translation is beggar. Damn, that was a bit far off. <laughs> yeah, no, or one that lives by the alms. All right, cause like they they walk around with their their bowl for rice and shit. So the whole thing is that they take a vow to live a simple and meditative life to reach nirvana. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's what Boon does. He becomes a bhikkhu. So does that mean that he gives up his life of practicing black magic? Not really. So he continues practicing, but now that he's like a monk, right, he somehow manages to get people to cater to higher end clientele. So like rich women, which seems to be like the main... How did he find them? Maybe they found him, you know? Like oh, all this is word yeah. of mouth. Yeah. Like the husband passed away and then like yeah. they want to connect with the date. Yeah, like um, if you listen to our episode... 40 and 41 the Adrian Lim episodes like a lot of it is really just rich women telling rich women about this one dude who can make them some love potions oh my I want to be that dude how much <laughs> money can I earn hey there's this um, s- side note there's this I think mothership article or something that I read about this online lady Bomo making like 30k a month doing love spells over zoom you can oh, do that shit. she's making more than those crypto miners you know yeah damn justin bing you in the wrong industry yeah 
Alright. I should quit the ice cream selling industry. <laughs> so he continues doing black magic and part of the requirements, as we've seen with a lot of shamans and bomos and black magicians, is like they always want you to have sex with them as part of the ritual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think that it's actually part of it. I think it's just that these shamans are like fucking horny chico face. <laughs> yeah, gross. Okay, and so the abbot, right, which is the director, the main administrator of the temple. So I'm seeing this as like the head monk in charge, right? The abbot is like, the fuck you doing, Boonping? You're doing black magic and you're having sex. You cannot do this in a temple. This is damn bad. You cannot. I'm surprised he didn't get kicked out. You know? He did. He gets oh. kicked out. Yeah, he's like, Boomping, you don't do this. Okay, so Boomping, he doesn't care, right? So he goes around and he joins another temple. Oh. No, but he. They should have some temple blacklist. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. No, he, they, they got this temple blacklist, right? Apparently, it's not very good. But Boomping, like, he goes to the temple and he acts sorry, lah. It's called the Wat Sutat Temple. It's apparently like a very big temple. And he convinces the abbot there that, oh, I'm turning over a new leaf and shit, right? And there's nothing more that, like, old people like than... Sorry, ass boys. Yeah, yeah, like an underdog. Like, oh, sorry, my bad. Come here, my young child. Let me lead you to the light. Yeah, so the abbot fell for his shit, right? Okay, and so he continues doing the exact same thing. Rich aunties, black magic... Being a creep. Okay, and guess what? On top of everything, guess what? Guess what? What's his next vice? Drugs. No, it's a gambling den. (laughs) He opens a gambling den in the temple itself. So imagine you walk in to pray and then in the corner, Boon thinks they're like, Hey bro, ta xiao, ta xiao. Yeah, this guy is into crypto in 1890. So, now that's not the worst thing, you know, like black magic and... Gambling, gambling and cheating all women. Yeah, but let's talk about his first confirmed kill. Oh my god. <laughs> this guy is a sniper. Tell me more. Okay, so his first confirmed kill was a jewelry merchant named Nylum. So we don't know the details about this, but apparently Boonping and Nylum, they had some sort of dispute. So Nylum is a jewelry seller, jeweler. So like maybe he was buying jewelry from him or the price was not good, but then he was then pissed off. So you know what he does? Wait, Nylum is a guy? Probably, yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe it's a girl, I don't know, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, if anybody knows how to decipher newspaper articles from a hundred years ago, <laughs> uh, Briefcase Podcast would truly appreciate, but we have no money. <laughs> yeah. Please donate. Sponsors okay. are strongly welcome. Hello, sponsors. <laughs> alright, so um, instead of talking it out, Boon Ping kills the dude, alright? <laughs> so he throws the body into an iron chest and then dumps it into Klong Bangkok now. So a Klong is like a large canal. So he dumps the body with an iron chest in the large canal. And then this body is found in May 1917. Okay. Oh. You know, it's just like, oh, there's a large iron chest. Let me take a look. Oh, no body. Oh, but it must have decomposed after so many years. Yeah, know? right? Especially in the water. Yeah, okay. So his second known kill, right, is the one that really got him. It was a 20-year-old woman called Brick. So now remember that this is the 1900s, like, like a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. So like contraception wasn't great. And I don't think that like 
like especially Boomping being so casual about black magic and sex, he really cares about using contraception lah. So okay, Prick initially reached out to Boomping because she was having marriage problems, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, so she wanted Boomping to create a love potion to get her husband to love her again, okay? Yep. Yeah, but unqualified advice. You cannot make somebody love you, no matter <laughs> like what you do. So instead of making her husband love her, she ends up as Boonping's lover. Whoa. 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 Okay, and she ends up pregnant. Whoa. And she was like, Boonping, you like need to be responsible. You need to take care of the baby. Okay. But Boonping wanted to marry this other auntie, this like other rich auntie. So he's like, well, I can't have a baby in the way. So he kills her, yeah. Oh my. So he meets up with her, hits her on the head. They don't have too many details about it, but he probably like knocks her out lah. Mm-hmm. Then he wraps her up with like this mosquito net and then like shoves her into an iron chest that was like filled with bricks to weigh it down, right? Where is this guy getting all his iron chests? I don't know. And like the thing is that aren't iron chests like expensive? Can you imagine how much it would be to like go out and buy an iron chest like today? Yeah. Crazy, right? Okay, so he gets an iron chest and he dumps it in the Chao Phraya River. So that's the big river in Bangkok. In January 1918, um, some fisherman finds the chest. And remember, this is an iron chest. So the fisherman is like, Yo, bro, I think this is like a treasure or some shit. Yeah. yeah. And like, I always imagine that treasure chests have like coins, you know, like pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean. So the fishermen, they open the chest, right? And plot twist, it's Brick's body. <laughs> so they call the police, they call the Mata. So this is like a hundred years ago and they don't have fingerprint records. Mm-hmm. And they don't have like a digital database to pull her from. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of the forensic methods, um, they don't have lah. So they have to go and go around and ask and be like... of deduction. <laughs> their method of deduction is asking around, A, your daughter go missing, not A, your daughter go missing. So they do that for a while. It takes a hella long. Then Brick's mother finds out about the search and she reaches out to the police directly. How come she didn't reach out to the police earlier? Because she didn't know about it, I think. Oh, maybe they don't talk. Yeah, or, or maybe, like, she just thought, like, if anything, her husband, who she's not on good terms with, would have been the... Killer. Yeah, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. So she tells um the police, like, hey, my daughter went to get this gold necklace from this well-known monk, Boonping. Because Boonping, at that point, he already had, like, a rap. Mm-hmm. So the police start investigating him, but they don't have any solid evidence until this rickshaw driver steps up, he approaches the police and he said like, yeah, Boonping hired me to dump a chest in the river. Yeah. Oh. And back then, like, witnesses were a major part of evidence. Witnesses were more important than forensic evidence, I think, in some countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And remember, um, Boonping was trying to marry somebody else. So on 14th January, 1918, in the middle of his wedding ceremony, <laughs> the police arrested him. Which is actually quite smart because, you know, like last time you couldn't just track down people. But, you know, when you have a wedding, you oh, have wedding yeah. announcements yeah, and shit, right? Yep. Yeah, so you know exactly where your suspect is going to be. After he's arrested, 
he confesses to the deaths of Nylon and Brick. Oh, this guy's so weak, man. Straight away confess. <laughs> I think last time they beat you up and shit, you know. Like, oh, that's true. That's yeah, true. They, don't, they don't like let you chill. No human rights. Yeah, they smack you with their batons and shit. And but last you're time, a monk. So now this is only two people, right? But we think he's a serial killer. But it's never confirmed, okay? So he's an alleged serial killer. So it's alleged that he killed five other people and these five other people were like his girlfriends and shit that got in his way, basically. Oh, shit. Yeah, so he did the same thing. Then this person who he married must have been like the richest and most beautiful armor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Best effort, like... Like, honestly, if I was a shitty person, I would also just go for the richest and most beautiful ama. But you know what? Maybe he marry her then kill her afterwards lah. You know? True, 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 true. Yeah. He could potentially be a serial killer, but this was never confirmed. And I don't think these five other chests were ever found. Let me know if you do. But if you find an iron chest in the water in Bangkok, you should like... <laughs> Probably not touch it lah, honestly. <laughs> but also, it's been a hundred years, so like... It'll probably be decomposed. Yeah, and then the you mix. get a free iron chest. Nice. With some bones. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so he was charged with the two murders and he was publicly beheaded on 19th August 1919. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's like World War I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, and public beheadings were a thing. So that's interesting. Like, would you go to a public beheading, Justin? Mm, maybe not. I'm not the kind of guy. Yeah, and then like imagine if you're in the front row, then the blood like on you. The zone. Yeah, not worth, not worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so eventually he was buried at the Wat Phase Temple. So now here's an interesting tidbit. I'm surprised like they let him exactly go to the right. To get, yeah, no, after like shame the name. But no, they let him get buried because there's this belief that over time, right, the spirit, like the soul, will get cleansed of its sins, because like the uh, maybe the soul is separate from the person or whatever. And the Thai locals in the area, they end up building a shrine for him, which oh I, my God. is a bit That's weird, a you know? Like, why, why would you build a shrine for a killer, right? Yeah. And I guess over time, the vibe changed. And according to some sources, today he's called Uncle Boonping <laughs> <laughs> and considered a friendly spirit. Holy shit, that's terrible. Worshipping a killer. Yeah, that's awful, oh my God. That's not great. <laughs> I, I gotta say, too, that's not great. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show again this week, Justin. It's been a while. Oh, yeah. It's a great pleasure. I hope to be back soon. Right? The ice cream business is busy. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Work from home. Uh, closures. Restrictive measures. I'm going bankrupt. I might have to be a full time here next time. <laughs> 500 cases. Who's going to buy your ice cream now? Oh man, come support me, okay? <laughs> Alright, and thank you listeners for listening to this week's episode of A Briefcase. You can find us on Instagram at A Briefcase Podcast and online at abriefcasepodcast.com. And do join us next week for A Briefcase. No, it's another briefcase. Another briefcase, my bad, fam. <laughs> okay.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.